Coming up on AEA Amplified, let's talk all things avionics with Garmin Executive Vice President and Managing Director for Aviation, Phil Strauss. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company, and a leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis S-Tech 5000 is the latest digital autopilot, providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload. And it's being certified for, for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft, such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the S-Tech 5000, visit Genesis dash aerosystems.com. Hi again, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this August 10th, 2022 edition of AEA Amplified. And I'm joined today by Mr. Phil Straub, who leads the aviation division at Garmin, an AEA member company since 1990. And Phil, it's always great to see you and catch up with you. Thanks so much for joining us. And I know you have a lot of information you'd like to share with your dealers today, but let me start by maybe looking back on the last 18 to 24 months or so that have been so incredible, I think, for your company. You go back to late October of 2019, and Garmin Autoland was introduced to the world. Uh, in a nutshell, that's that's a new product that allows the pilot or passengers to activate Autoland uh, in order to land the aircraft at the most suitable airport. And it does it all with the simple press of a dedicated button. Uh, obviously, an incredible life-saving technology and I remember personally when pro golfer Payne Stewart was killed in a tragic Learjet crash several years ago, and I wonder if Autoland could have made a difference in that situation. So tell us a little bit, what's the story behind Autoland, the genesis behind it, and and why was Garmin inspired to develop this technology? Well, I'd love to, and Jeff, first of all, glad to be with you again. It's always good to, to talk to you. Um, you know, you mentioned Payne Stewart, and that is really an interesting topic because I also have recollections of when that really tragic accident happened. And that was, ironically, I think right about 20 years ago to the day or to the month, I believe, of when we announced uh, Autoland. It was not at all intentional. It just kind of worked out that way. But you go back 20 years ago, I was actually a young software engineer working at Garvin younger engineer working at Garvin and also a pilot. And I remember being captivated by that accident, captivated in two ways. One, as a pilot thinking, wow, could that have happened to me? What Would I have caught this issue or not? And obviously at the time, we didn't know exactly what it was as it played out. And then secondly, as we learned more about what happened, it really sparked something there to think, wow, is there a way, you know, through what we do in, in our company and avionics that we could, uh, perhaps avoid something like that happening again. And so, you know, at that time, we we're a much smaller, different company, mainly doing navigation equipment, but some communications and, and so forth. But over time, we developed autopilot technology, we developed more sophisticated communications technology, including SATCOM, and certainly our navigation capabilities increased. And, and at some point, I always say about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more, we're the genesis of that, those aviate, navigate, and communicate technologies that came together. And it really inspired the thought that I still remember that vividly, or we as a team remember that vividly, and we can make a difference. So I kind of characterize it this way as 
it became this almost moral calling or obligation because we're in a position to where we as a company could make a difference and we felt obligated to do so. And that's what really rallied our troops internally to set off on this 10 year plus journey to get it done. And, and Phil, how many aircraft are flying today with Autoland equipped? It's the, the three uh, core models from Daher, uh, Sears, and Piper. And right now it's a little over, over 400 in the field. And we think it'll be right around 500 by the end of the year at this time. Okay, so let's fast forward then to 2020 uh, when Autoland was awarded the Robert J. Collier Trophy. And I'm a huge college football fan as well. I, I often say that the Collier Trophy is for the aviation industry is, is akin to winning the Heisman Trophy that is awarded to the best player in college football. So I know you and a number of Garmin team members got to travel to Washington, D.C. to accept that award. And what did the Collier Trophy mean to you and your organization? It was huge. I love that analogy you did, whether it's sports or entertainment, there's those type of awards. And that's what this one is to aviation. And the one word I always use to describe it when people ask is just, it's surreal. It, it's like you don't feel worthy to stand among these legends of aviation since 1911, I believe it was, one chosen per year. These are huge names. And to think that you're among those people is just incredible. Um, I had the honor of accepting the award, you know, at the event, but gosh, it was for the whole organization. And I really, really emphasize that. I don't care whether you were actually coding the algorithm itself to do the flight test development or whether you're in human resources recruiting people to help us work on this or whatever part of the business. It was a huge team effort. And it was a collaboration with our aircraft partners. You know, we can't do this on our own because we don't make airplanes. And so that that collaboration all the way around is probably one of the most inspiring and rewarding things uh, that I've ever done. And I'd say lastly, what it meant when I actually went up to that podium, you know, I had to pause for a second because it kind of all hit me. Ten years is a long time and you're really just heads down, focused on what do we have to do? We don't early announce things or whatever. We just focus on the task at hand and to stand there and look out among the crowd with these people that put their heart and soul in this and esteemed colleagues and, and others in the industry, it just kind of took our breath away. So uh, I don't know if we could ever match that again, but it was an awesome experience. An incredible award, certainly. So, and then let's jump ahead again to July of 21, and your company introduced Garmin Smart Glide, and that's a safety tool that helps pilots in an emergency if there's a loss of engine power in a single engine aircraft. So tell us a little bit more about Smart Glide. How does it work? Uh, and what's the story, the, the genesis behind that, the inspiration behind that product? Well, that's a, another great one. You know, and I say philosophically, when you think about this function, it's kind of the opposite of what Emergency Auto Land is. And I always credit uh, my head of product engineering, Scott, who came up with this very simplistic way of saying it. He said, Emergency Auto Land is about kind of a, a bad pilot. I don't mean bad, but I mean a pilot that's not able to do their function as a pilot, but a good airplane is capable of flying. Smart Glide's the opposite. Uh, bad airplane, I use that term with air quotes, good pilot. So the pilot's functioning well, but the airplane's having some troubles that way. And again, it was kind of that genesis of, gosh, we have these aviate, navigate, and communicate technologies. Can we harness those? to affect the outcome of you know, what this uh, stressful event could be. 
And, and that's what it really is about. When you think about, you know, we train for these as pilots, we train for these type of events, uh, especially in single engine airplanes. And we think about, well, I have to fly the airplane, hand fly it and pitch the best glide. Well, at the same time, I'm trying to figure out where am I'm going. And hopefully I've already been thinking about that as I go along. And I should probably communicate all that. And when you look at all that, so many of those elements that you do as a pilot could be automated. And that's what Smart Glide is about. Let's just use the flight control automation to go to Best Glide. Let's have it start following the long range of the GPS navigator that's already figured out the appropriate airport for you. And let's, at the single touch of a button, allow you to, you know, squawk the emergency squawk code and we'll channel you to VHF or to 121.5. And that way you can focus on managing the situation, which might be running through some emergency checklists, you know, fuel selectors and on the right tank, mixture, prop, um, fuel pumps, ignitions and so forth. So that's what it was. And, you know, I don't know that we had again, uh, an aha moment where I said, gosh, you know, now we can do this. It was just, we, we know we need to do this and we did. And how many aircraft are flying with Smart Glide on it? Well, that's a unique thing. You know, with Emergency Autoland, we went to the Ford Fit OEM market first with Smart Glide. Uh, this one, we actually went first to the aftermarket. And in the aftermarket, especially the Part 23 side, we have a STC approach using an approved model list where we have coverage for hundreds of airplanes as we update and amend this STC covering this core equipment. Now we had several STCs to update and make work together, which you know, is no easy task in itself. But as we did that, that then made it available to thousands of airplanes. And I, and I can't really track exactly like how many it would be right now, but I would, I'm sure I'm safe in saying it's many thousands of airplanes that are flying with this technology right now. And Phil, those awards kept on coming when Garmin was named the AEA Associate Member of the Year during this year's AEA International Convention and Trade Show in New Orleans, and that was back in March. Uh, that award is chosen in a vote by the entire AEA membership. Uh, so what does winning that award from the AEA mean to Garmin and your team? Well, again, awesome recognition and actually even just fond memories of AEA back in, uh, I guess it was March in the spring, wasn't in New Orleans, just uh, great camaraderie with everyone there, great venue and setting. Uh, so I love the opportunity to be there. But what that award means so much is you're recognized by your industry colleagues, uh, you know, competitors, uh, the, the whole dealer network, the installation facility, and these are people that are in the business, in the industry, and they know and they vote and they recognize that, hey, you've done something special and uh, they want to bestow that honor. So it means a lot that way uh, when we receive that, that, that award. And, and Phil, I'm curious with the development of both Autoland and Smart Glide, uh, it brought about intelligent new products, I guess I'll call them, uh, to the general aviation market. Um, do you envision more of those intelligent products being brought to market as a result of those engineering projects? Yeah, maybe the way I would answer it is sometimes people have asked, like, how do we think about what new products or features we should do? And uh, I, I kind of guide this way. Uh, one, you know, in the aircraft, the, the pilot, the crew is both the smartest, but also maybe the least capable part of the aircraft as well. So we're various pilots, we're very intuitive. We can sense things, you know, and, and vibration, smoke in the cockpit. We can deal with a lot of different things. But one thing we're not as 
good about is just multitasking. And you hear about crew saturation, pilot saturation, those type of things. So I feel like the role of technology, especially as we look at avionics, is to provide safety nets uh, and it's to automate some of these things. You should never have like one failure lead to some catastrophic accident. It's always, we have to break that link. Uh, and I always think of that we put out there things like, oh, our envelope protection or electronic stability protection. Those are little nets or blankets around the pilot to say, hey, if you get distracted, we've got someone watching for you here. And that's kind of what Smart Glide is too. It's always in the background. I said silently standing guard watching for that opportunity to serve. And then I say the other role, I think, of what <clears throat> drives new intelligent products is simplified vehicle operation concepts. <clears throat> You've heard that concept thrown out quite a bit. I think it probably originated in the Gamma organization that way as we talked about some of the things going forward. But it doesn't only mean, uh, for example, fly-by-wire, flight control systems. A lot of people associate it with just that. But I think it's automation and simplification of all kinds of things in the aircraft that the crew uh, has historically had to manually do. And when you look at older airplanes, you thought, oh, gosh, they even had to have flight engineers because it was so complicated to manage the systems in the power plants. And think about how far we've come. So I view those type of things as guiding what we do in our business going forward to take the hassle out of flying, make it simpler, make it safer, and honestly, make it more accessible to more people. Because if you can bring that bar down, we grow the industry, and that's just good for everyone. And once again, we are visiting with Garmin Executive Vice President and Managing Director for Aviation, Phil Straub, here on AA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Phil, I know the, the awards are nice and appreciated, uh, but I know you also want to speak frankly with your dealers uh, about what lies ahead on some important topi topics that are facing the avionics industry as a whole. Um, for the past few months, uh, everybody knows uh, the global economy has been faced with supply chain issues. Uh, parts are sometimes difficult to acquire in the aftershock of the pandemic, and that is true for nearly every industry, not just aviation, not just avionics. But from Garmin's perspective, what is the latest on the supply chain issue? You know, I, I want to be optimistic, and I think I, I'm correct in saying it's getting better. It feels that way to me. You know, we're in the midst of we're, we're always dealing with these fire drills that come up. So we may get a good plan of attack on some chip or, you know, field programmable gate array, microprocessor, something tough to deal with, right? Or maybe some unique component. And then something else will pop up. But my sense is, my feeling is, and I don't think I'm getting ahead of this, that the number of fire drills are generally decreasing somewhat here. And I like the trajectory of where we're going. Now, I'd be completely naive if I were to say, yeah, we're out of the woods and we're not going to have to deal with something else that pops up. And, and who knows, it could be a catastrophic challenge for some of our products. But I do. I want to be optimistic and I want to be encouraging to folks out there that are dependent upon our products. That I do think it's getting better and I am optimistic about it. some of the things we're doing, even with qualifying alternative products or parts and redesigns and so forth. That's cer certainly good news. And, um, you know, one observation from my perspective, it seems like, you know, by and large, maybe the, the avionics industry as a whole has not seen a lot of evolutionary new products introduced to the market, maybe through the first half of 2022, uh, or at least maybe not at the pace that we've seen in recent years. I'm curious from an engineering perspective, you mentioned as being uh, having engineering background, are you having to shift some R&D resources that normally are spent on developing and certifying new products 
into re-engineering current products as a result of those supply chain challenges? And, and if that's so, how do you see that impacting new product development going forward? Yeah, well, I kind of had the same observation. You know, we just came back from Oshkosh and it felt like there weren't a whole lot of new things announced out there. And I have a feeling a lot of folks, companies are struggling with what we're doing. And there's a very large percentage of our core design engineering group that's say electrical uh, design, somewhat mechanical as well for us, that are doing nothing but what I call chasing parts. You know, so you get some notice of some gap in parts availability, then we're scrambling. Can we source them somewhere else? Can we find an alternative? What do we have to do to qualify those? And the challenge in our business is it's not just qualifying it, for example, at our TSO level that we have. You know, we have to do all the environmental DL 160, it's safety analysis and impacts, and there's so much to it. But then we have to look at it from our own perspective with the STC airworthiness approvals that we provide. And then with our OEM customers, they need to do the same thing and say, okay, I see what you've done here. I wanna make sure it's uh, diligent and everything's complete and that uh, there's no potential impacts at the aircraft level. And so when you look at all that activity that's going on, it's just usurping a lot of capacity that is just not for any real value. You know, it's kind of like inflation, right? I just, I don't see what value inflation brings. It just doesn't help anyone else. And uh, that's kind of what we're dealing with here is just taking capability away from where we could be working on more uh, life-saving technologies. Yeah, and Phil, as the en entire global economy and the aviation industry continues to deal with those supply chain issues, you know, what is Garmin recommending that aircraft owners do to alleviate some of those pain points uh, besides getting to, a, you know, a shop appointment well in advance and, and being patient while waiting on those parts? Yeah, uh, I wish I had some some silver bullets for folks out there, but I'm going to reemphasize what you said there. Number one is get your slot, you know, with the dealer, because, you know, one of the interesting things is we're still in pretty good relatively terms of economic times. And I say that a little bit with the hesitation, you can tell, because things are rumbling a little bit out there. But from what we see with, with most of our dealer network is most of them are booked out four to six months. And that four to six months then coincides pretty well with the product lead times in a lot of cases. Some, some products don't have that, but a lot of them do. So if you can get your get onto the dance card there with your installation facility, that's the number one thing. And then secondly, if you can be flexible, that can create some opportunities because you know, as these uh, dealers, 145 repair stations and so forth, deal with customers and trying to slot things in, things are their world is dynamic too. And they may have an opening that come up and say, hey, if you can get in, get the airplane here, I can take care of you now. So flexibility, I think, is a huge uh, key there. And just communicate, communicate, communicate with uh, a good partner dealer you're working with. And certainly some great advice there. And of course, nobody truly has an accurate crystal ball. We all know that. But if we could, let's look ahead maybe to the next six to 12 months. Are there new products uh, on the horizon from Garmin that you could speak to? And and maybe also, you know, where does opportunity exist for dealers in the retrofit market moving forward? Well, you probably can't anticipate what I'm going to say. Is I'm probably not going to tip my hand too much to what might be coming. Uh, just kind of like the, the smart glide and things like that. We'd rather have the product available so people can get it right away rather than, than wait. So, but what I would say, you're going to continue to see autopilot 
and engine indication system coverage expansion. You're going to see it at the very light end of the market, but you're also going to see it going up into larger airplanes, turbine uh, aircraft. You know, at the, maybe one of the turbine examples I'm excited about, we announced at the Citation Jet Pilots Association last October, and that is our GFC 600 autopilot and our TXI engine indication system program that'll cover the 525A as well as a 525, uh, you know, as we'll have to work, evaluate each of the models appropriately there. But uh, I think that's gonna add great capability to those aircraft. I mean, they're very capable aircraft that owners love uh, and utilize greatly right now. And this just extends the value and the, the, the ease, you know, the hassle we'd like to talk about, I think, uh, of, of operating these aircraft. And then the other thing, I'm gonna tip my head a little bit farther and say, I've been kind of vocal about this because I'm also a Garmin customer as opposed to just being a Garmin employee is I know what it's like to update databases. I know what it's like to get data off the aircraft. It's got to improve and our whole organization knows that. And we are gonna have some improvements coming. I'm not gonna get into a lot of details about how and what they are, but they're gonna be fairly expansive in, in terms of, or comprehensive, I should say, in terms of maybe everything from tweaks to what we do now with the back end of things, because certainly the forward facing end of things as well with the avionics, there's just a lot of in between, you know, between the back end and the avionics of how you deliver content to or from the airplane. So you're gonna see some improvements coming along that line. And I'm sure our shops will appreciate that and look forward to that. We do have a lot of shop owners, managers, avionics technicians that, that listen to AA Amplified. And so, um, you know, what would you say to them? What are the one or two most important items that you'd like to communicate to your dealers today? We value you immensely. Um, the hard times you've had to go through, I my heart goes out to you because I realize a lot of our dealers are smaller organizations. You got payroll to make, not the large corporations, and not that that makes things easier or not always, but uh, uh, we care. Product lead times will get better, um, and I'm excited about things how they'll be trending this year. I really think by the end of this year, you're gonna see incremental improvements. You know, as we get towards the end of Q3, and I think. I hope you're going to see continued improvements through Q4. Doesn't mean new challenges won't pop up, but I really hope and believe things will get better that way. And then the other thing, again, you know, I mentioned uh, being a younger engineer back in the Payne Stewart days, and I actually joined Garmin in 93, so I just passed my 29 year anniversary. And what strikes me is, oh my goodness, how the breadth and capability of our products have grown. I worked a lot on the GNS 430, and I thought like I knew everything about it. I worked on our portables as well, a lot of our products, transponders, and so forth. And I could probably answer most every question you had about that. But now as I work like Oshkosh, the booth there, uh, I'm humbled by the questions I get, the breadth of the products, what the dealers need to know. So I understand the challenge. You know, we value what you're doing, the service to our customers that way. We're going to do our best to invest in well, one, simplifying things to the greatest extent we can. We know things that we hear you, what doesn't work well, some of the complexities. We're going to invest in training, and we're going to try to make that available to you in a lot of different ways. Everything from obviously on-site and things we do in partnership with the AEA to e-learning type things. So um, we're there, we value you, and we, we want to do everything we can to support. 
And Phil, that is great insight and congratulations to you and your team for the awards and the recognition over the last couple of years that we've noted, uh, especially the AEA Associate Member of the Year Award in 2022, as well as the Collier Trophy. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we let you go? Well, I, you know, I mentioned Oshkosh a moment ago, and I'm still kind of on a high from that because I just, I love that show, all the people that come together with such a passion there. And one of the things that really struck me this year was I saw a lot more younger people at that show because aviation, as we know it, is kind of has an aging population. And I don't know whether some of the social influencers and ambassadors, and you've seen we've partnered with a number of them. And I'm just, I think they're all so awesome in what they do that way. So I'm energized by the young people that I see interested in aviation. So whether you're considering flying or even just recreational flying, please, we've got a spot for you, whether you want to do that, uh, you know, for professionally or career, or let's pivot to like the installation, the maintenance technicians. What a career, uh, cool career path that can be. And when you think about the type of technology and the products you're getting to work with and, you know, compensation salary just keeps going up and up there. I really think that's an awesome profession to be in or any book in between that, you know, just, you know, give aviation a shot because I think it's a very cool uh, family type atmosphere, you know, where it's, it's really, we, we all know each other one way or other. I say it's a small world that way. And it's really been good to me. And I think it'll be good to a lot of folks that will give it a try. Well, Phil, thank you so much for joining us here on AEA Amplified. As always, you can learn the latest on all things Garmin by visiting them on the website at Garmin.com. And hey, folks, let me do remind our listeners of a few important items. Uh, summer, of course, is here in North America and the AEA's classroom is heating up. Please join us for one of the upcoming avionics training courses at the association's headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. We do have several different classes available right now, and you can learn more about each of them and reserve your seat. Classes will sell out, so go ahead and get signed up early, and you can do all of that by visiting aea.net slash training. Also, we hope you can join us for one of the upcoming AEA Connect conferences later this year. These are two-day events allowing technicians and business owners the opportunity to learn industry best practices and connect with your regional sales and product support representatives. It also allows you to satisfy your training requirements and see the latest products and services, as well as those most current regulatory updates and news affecting your business. We have three conferences scheduled in the United States, and that includes visits to Kansas City, Missouri, Reno, Nevada, and Tampa, Florida. Connect conferences are also on tap in Toronto, Canada, Munich, Germany, and the Sunshine Coast in Australia. So check out all the details for that at aea.net slash connect. And finally, if your business is hiring, don't forget to post your career opportunities on the AEA jobs board, and that's at aea.net slash jobs. Free resume posting is available for job seekers, and there's lots of new employment opportunities just posted here within the last week. And you can learn all about that again at aea.net slash jobs. That's going to wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of products, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to Phil Straub of Garmin for being our guest today. And until next time here on AEA Amplified, for our producer engineer, Aaron Ward, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead wherever you may be.